Hey there, John here. We are so glad you're listening to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you're new to the show, I hope you find something here you'll enjoy and that gives you a reason to come back. If you've been listening for a little while or a long while, as is the case with so many of you, I want to ask a favor. Would you consider introducing us to just one friend this week? There's really no better method of advertising than word of mouth. Pick a friend who shares your sense of humor or interests, even if they don't know what a podcast is, and tell them why our show has become a regular listening for you. And be bold. Help them get a podcast app on their phone and walk them through how to subscribe to the show. We love that you're here and would greatly appreciate your recommendation. Thanks for your time. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Chad. I'm a Gen X grown-up. I support Gen X grown-up through Patreon, and you can too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this episode number 50 of the Gen X 50? Grown Up Podcast. <laughs> We're almost as old as Mo now. Well, the same age as John. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I am John. Joining me, as always, my friends and co-hosts, Mo. Hey, everybody. And you know George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we're going to be talking about not one, but two dolls who are wreaking havoc in the big screen, a high-tech version of a classic 80s puzzle toy, and a new post-apocalyptic strategy squad combat game. All of that in a little bit. But first, we have some business to take care of. First and foremost, this episode 50 business, right? Holy cow. I can't believe it's 50. Yeah. And that's... Keep in mind, that's 50 regular episodes. We have yeah. another 50 plus backtracks. We have special edition episodes. So we're well over 100, wow. which is yeah. just I feel every bit of it, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's 100, but it feels like 300. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say the first 100 is the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> who, who says that? I'm not I even going because I was waiting for John to go. That's what she said. And then go off into this whole tangent. <laughs> You're in your filthy mind, George. My filthy mind? You're the one that always says it. (laughs) I'm just quoting The Office. I'm not really saying it from me. (laughs) In true Michael Scott fashion where it never applies. That's right. Well, congratulations, gentlemen, on hitting this milestone. Well, thank Uh, you. I didn't even see it coming. I just, I looked at the card. I'm like, 50? We got to address this. This is something to uh, pat ourselves on the back about, I believe. I appreciate it. You couldn't have done it without me. (laughs) Just (laughs) wouldn't have wanted to try, you modest (laughs) son of a bitch. (laughs) If he does say so himself. (laughs) Also of note is that this episode drops on the 4th of July, so I guess there's no reason to not be listening to the show. You're absolutely off work, right? I would hope. I would hope so if you're in this country at least, but we probably get downloaded by countries all over the world, so maybe some of them don't have this holiday. You're saying that other countries don't celebrate the 4th of July? This is the first I'm hearing of this. I'm kind of sure that that maybe the United Kingdom doesn't really care that much about the 4th of July. (laughs) They probably, that's a thorn in their side, actually. We're celebrating our independence from them. Yeah. It's like when your kid throws a party of the day he moved out and kicked his dad's ass, right? Although, given the state they were in now, they're probably like, whew, good riddance. Thank goodness they left when they did. It's like, that bratty kid got the hell out of my house. Woo! Oh, goodness. So, happy 4th of July if you're listening on the day, or happy belated 4th of July if you're listening to us after. Thanks for that, and thanks for being along for the ride. If you're new to the show, 50 episodes plus another 50, 100 and something, there's plenty of backlog to listen to. Early on in the life of the show, we established that anyone who listened to the show, we nickname our four listener because there's me and there's George and there's Mo. And if there's anybody else happens to listen, well, that's the fourth listener. Right. Because we were sure we would get at least one more. At, maybe maybe at least one it more. would be right. a different yeah. person. It'd be a different periodically. <laughs> <laughs> Some random person would like listen to us and be like, what the hell? And we also established the rule that any fourth listener that wrote in that was criticizing me would mm-hmm. absolutely get their mail read on the show. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we have a double whammy here. We have oh, one of really? those, but it doesn't come from the fourth listener. It comes mm-hmm. from one of the three original listeners. That's right. OG in the house, baby. So I got a bone <laughs> to pick with you, John, after the last podcast. Please feel free to pick the bone. <laughs> we were talking all about Captain Kangaroo. We were talking about how reboots are 
terrible ideas of things that are established well in the lexicon of childhood. Yeah, of course. And you decided to make a reference to Sesame Street and Kermit the Frog and Muppets and all that stuff. And you said, you know, it'd be like if Kermit the Frog is a duck instead of a pig. And I, Did I say as that? soon as you said that, I went, what the f- Well, I totally uh, missed he's that. He's never been a pig. He's a frog. What the I, hell are you uh, thinking about? That was during his drug days. I mean, come on. Come some it was just a few weeks ago. It was just last exactly. week. Oh, my goodness. It's because I'm getting so old. I'm sure I was thinking about the whole, like, the all of the Muppets. Of course, so you have Kermit, you have Miss set Piggy, in when you and turned all 50? That. Is that what it is? It, it is like a switch that, yeah, just threw the switch, and it was done. <laughs> Yeah, That's my I guess excuse. I did say that. So, yes, I know Kermit is a frog. I do know that. Okay, you sure? Yes, we, yes. We need I'm to draw a magic chalkboard for you? Or? Uh, maybe that would help. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Simon would give me a little cartoon. Thank you, Captain. That would work out. All right. See, you, you got your criticizing John email Ooh, on the show. George, I feel OG now. listener. We do have some emails from genuine fourth listeners, though. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the first letter from a fourth listener comes in from Thomas. Uh, not only a longtime listener of the show, but also a supporter over on Patreon. Thanks for writing in, Thomas. Topic of his email was, thank you, Melville Dewey. So we know what he's talking about. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, that our classic our episode. Our favorite podcast episode <laughs> of all time. It might be one of my favorites. Yeah. So here's what Thomas had to say. Okay, first of all, Dewey Decimal System, wow, you guys are reaching. But you somehow managed to pull it off and make it a fun and interesting like only you guys can. Love the reference to IP addresses. Oh, I've sorry. never looked at it like that. Did you miss Thomas's email? You fell asleep through his email? I, nice job. You said Dewey Decimal. I passed out. Just, I don't know what happened after just that. just knocks him out. It's like, it's like a dart. You should write his neck. He's gone. <laughs> so Thomas has an interesting story. Uh, he says, if you don't mind me stretching the library connection just a bit, way back in 1965, 18-year-old Susan had just graduated high school. Her parents wanted her to become a librarian, but she didn't share their enthusiasm. Good for Susan. She was so desperate to change her seemingly inevitable future, she told many years later that she intentionally got pregnant out of wedlock, which by the way, super scandalous in 65. She really did not want to be a librarian. Wow. Just to avoid going to librarian school. That's it. Yep. Well, it turns out her plan worked. She never became a librarian. (laughs) She went on to have a beautiful baby girl who was born early June 1966. That little girl grew up to be Thomas's wonderful wife, who he's been Ah, married to for 30 ah. years. So if Melville Dewey had any part in influencing Sue, thanks, buddy. Thomas. (laughs) Thomas. <laughs> That's kind of a sweet story. That Isn't is. It? Yeah. So actually, the, the the mundane nature of the Dewey Decimal System inspired <laughs> Susan to get pregnant and, <laughs> and then eventually marry uh, Thomas. <laughs> you know, what part of the numbering system does that fit into? Like, where is that book in the Dewey Decimal System? Is that like... Where does that fall into? Part of Next the religion section or Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> it's all Shakespeare. That one specific thing. It's some kind of a Greek tragedy or comedy. I don't know what that is. Thank you, Thomas. One more email in this episode. This is another longtime listener and supporter on Patreon, Stubaka. By the way, I'm not only reading emails from patrons. It just so happens that's how it fell in the order this time. Stubaka says, so you guys aren't the only people worried about the looking back, looking forward recap. Okay. (laughs) I just wanted to give you a quick update on one of the many things I've got hooked on. Thanks to you. Looking at you, John. John. (laughs) Yeah. So he says, unfortunately, that Lemmings mobile app seems to have stagnated. I've been sitting here playing, mm. uh, but not a lot of new content is coming in. He says he refuses to sink any more money into it. But Don't which blame is him. Don't blame a, him. He had a yep. stupid like, model of... He has saved over 49,000 Lemmings. Wow. That's a lot of, that's <laughs> he, a lot of Lemmings. He sent me a picture of the screenshot. Oh, jeez. Yep. And he wanted to share... So throughout the game, you, you gain new Lemmings and new tribes that you can play with. It's like skins that you get. That's what you unlock, thing you're trying to get. Okay. And he wanted to share... He said, there's one thing I love and I think you will too if you haven't seen it is this tribe of lemmings so he sent me a picture the lemming is a little pixelated like pixel art lemming so very much like the amiga early lemmings okay he's called the og speaking of the og and he's in the tribe gamer and the description is this dundee native remembers the good old days before millennials Oh, that's great. Uh, so at least the Lemmings developers have a sense of humor. Stubaka <laughs> <laughs> yeah, says, thanks again for all the great content. Keep up the great work. Stubaka. Cool. Thanks for sharing that, Stubaka. We appreciate you and Thomas. Anytime the fourth listener writes in, if you haven't heard your letter here on the show, it's coming. We just have a backlog. It's getting there. Well, now that we've got the uh, business out of the way, I say it's time to hop into the meat of the show right after this. Four full power flashes and one tiny cube. 
flash cube. It's this way, man. Drop in the film, get yourself a flash cube, pop it on, take one, take two, take three, take four flash pictures without changing bulbs. All right, we're kicking it off as we always do with the media portion of the show. We're going to talk about TV shows or uh, movies or music or whatever it is we've been digging into. And George, I want to start with you this episode. What have you been checking out? Well, I've been checking out a show that is titled exactly in the way that I speak. It's called Into the Fucking World. <laughs> Whoa! So- <laughs> So a family so, show. So this is primetime CBS. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Well, actually, it's a Netflix original. Okay. It's pretty cool. They've got like 10 or 12 episodes out in this first season that they dropped a few weeks ago. It's essentially this kid who lives in London. He's in high school, so he's like 14, 15, 16 in that area. I think it is. I think he's 16. He has decided that he wants to be a serial killer. So <laughs> that's, that's his goal. He just, he just, in that's, life. That, that's only slightly better than being a librarian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is way better than being a mattress salesman, so go ahead. There's a lot of inner monologue with this show, you know, him talking to himself and talking to the camera through his inner monologue and everything. Then he meets this young girl in school, and she walks up to him, and she's like, yeah, I saw you trying to skate the other day. She's like, yeah, you suck at it. He's like... (laughs) I want to kill her. (laughs) They end up becoming boyfriend and girlfriend and going off on this crazy adventure because he thinks it's good to pretend to be your boyfriend so he can get close enough to kill her. But then all these weird circumstances happen and like he has the knife in his hand. And she's like, let's just steal your father's car and run away. Okay. And so they and do. That, he that punches that his father like a in better the mouth, idea. takes the car, and they drive <laughs> off. And what? It's a crazy series, but it is a lot of fun. Is this a comedy? Is this it a, is. It's like okay. a dark comedy. comedy? Yeah. <laughs> It almost goes without saying that it's a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. <laughs> no, it's slapstick, lighthearted. Okay. <laughs> Parks and Rec. It's very well done. It's got that dry British sense of humor. There's these crazy off-the-wall characters. There's other characters that react exactly the way that you or I would put in the same situations. There's cops chasing them. They're trying to get to her father, who she hasn't seen since she was a little kid because he, of course, left. 10, 12 episodes, they're like, 20 to 30 minutes a piece so it's well worth your time to sit and binge the whole thing well like pretty quick to get through then i mean episodes like that like they go like candy like you're like i'm oh, 20 yeah. minutes 30 minutes in you just throw yeah. another one on exactly. have you watched all of it now is it complete is it continuing or okay it, it will continue um it's already been announced so that's really cool i think that it's going to be one of those ones that as soon as i see any release news about it it's i'm going to be excited for it it's not something i'm like oh that's back out again i'll watch it maybe next week no this will be one that as soon as it gets released i'll watch the whole next season as soon as it comes out and because it's netflix you're going to get the whole season when you get the whole season it's going to happen all the same time all right you know all right it it seems like i heard about it but i I never watched it because it looked it did look quirky and i was almost kind of waiting until one of you guys watched it tell me if it's worth my time (laughs) well there you go so now i know so do do they actually call it the end of the effing world or do they put asterisks in it or how do they show three asterisks in between f and c oh okay all right. Yeah. It's, it's like when they aired uh, Showtime's uh, Pin and Teller's bullshit. They put an asterisk for right. the eye. Okay. Yeah. So that's the genuine name of it. They just started out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's huh. move along to you, Mo. What huh. have you been checking out, my friend? Well, I, you know, another uplifting movie, I guess. I went and saw Child's Play, the remake. No, come yes. on. Yes. That's what I was looking forward to I last know. time we yes. talked. And Mo, we agreed that John shouldn't be looking forward to it. Why'd you go see it? <laughs> uh, you know. Peer pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to deny it. Well, he's got to make the best out of the A-list roulette, George. Yes, right. Well, okay, fair enough. I didn't remember that. It actually had Aubrey Plaza in it, which was awesome. Yeah, right. we talked yep. about that. Yeah. Yep. And Mark Hamill did the voice of Chucky, which she did an yeah. awesome, creepy voice. Actually, I kind of liked it because they changed it up. It wasn't just like, like the original Chucky and... I think he was possessed by an evil spirit and all that kind of yeah. stuff, right? That's yeah, there was a, it was yeah. a murderer who had been committed to the electric chair. And when he died, he somehow his spirit got went into, into the transferred doll. his doll. soul, yeah, into the yeah. doll. It got sucked into him. That's right. Yep. So this one they changed around. So instead of that, it's like an AI system in the doll that basically gets mm-hmm. screwed up. Yeah. Oh, great! So it's a documentary. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I want to watch. Singularity Jeez. stuff here. We're talking. <laughs> no, don't be careful not to spoil too much. I actually got a reader email that said uh, there was a movie not too long ago that we went a little too deep on and we spoiled it without a warning so we'll be sure we try to be spoiler free here but what you said is already in the trailer we know he's not 
just a doll who the coming to life is on his creepy part. He's already like in a Amazon Echo or a Siri or whatever. So the fact that he's walking around and alive, that's not the creepy part. In a way, I, I almost didn't hate him because he wasn't evil. Yeah. He was doing what his programming told him to do, which was kind of interesting. And you'll see if when you watch it, and you will watch it because there's no such thing as a bad puppet I'm, movie, George. I'm not going to watch seeing this. It. No. That, is still not, I, that is not a thing, John. I just want to point that out. <laughs> so Mo, what did you think of it? I mean, it had a different premise. I liked it, actually. It had actually had like a pretty good story behind it. Story with a kid and all that stuff that, of course, it's always a kid involved, right? Right. It had like some pretty horrific stuff when it needed to. Yeah. Some great wincing moments. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, no. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and some good creepy, you know, jump scare moments, too, which was always good to have. Oh, no, I liked it. I didn't see that coming from the trailer. I don't think it's when I'm going to go see again and again. But when it comes out on video, I'll definitely watch it again. So I got kind of a new rating thing in my head based on my A-list roulette <laughs> okay. game that I'm playing. So I'm going to ask you, Mo, is this A-list slot worthy, $5 Tuesday worthy, or full ticket price worthy? Oh, wow. Oh, that's good three ones. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> I'm planning out this game. I would go $5 Tuesday. $5 Tuesday. Okay. So slightly better than free, $5 Tuesday. Yeah. Hmm. That, that's my okay. take on it. Hmm. What All do you right. think, John? Well, John hasn't seen this movie. No, I've seen it. I've totally seen it. No, of course not. It's a puppet movie. Why would you be watching it? <laughs> There's, there's no middle ground. It's got to be one of those three criteria. Well, that's my scale. I have, I've got okay. it copyrighted. All so right, you established the with. scale. Well, there's, there's no, right. not, there's no point five, no halfway between. Point five. What are you, what are you about half <sighs> a ticket? Yeah, yeah, maybe. No. <laughs> it's a discount. Maybe I have a coupon. I gave you, you the don't discount know. Discount on the five dollar Tuesday. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go full price. I'm gonna say full what? price movie. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't amazing, but it was different enough. I really appreciate things that are different. Now I know it's a remake, and that sounds kind of dumb, but it was a remake in a totally different way. It wasn't just totally biting on what the old one did. So yeah, full price for me. I'm, a, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I mean, I could see that for John and it's a puppet movie, so of course he's well, yeah, yeah. He had his puppet movie <laughs> multiplier figured in yeah. there. That's so, a modifier. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of puppet movies, John, you actually saw another one, didn't you? Okay. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, we're, Jesus. we're, we're stretching the puppet podcast. What the hell's These going are on here? dolls. They're not puppets. They're all dolls. But yes, I did see another <laughs> doll movie. I totally did. Yeah, so I saw the latest in The Conjuring franchise, Annabelle Comes Home. Okay, now you've talked about that before, and I've always been a little bit confused. So you call it The Conjuring franchise. There was Mm -hmm. an original movie, I'm guessing, called The Conjuring, which I've apparently never seen. Okay. You're right. Then there, I'm guessing, some sequels. And what is this? Some kind of offshoot spinoff like you would do back in the days of 80s TV if a TV show got popular (laughs) and you spin off one of the characters or something? A little bit. So I could give you like the the two-minute synopsis of The Conjuring universe. So there are two films called The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. But by the way, great films, but not just horror movies. They're actually above the horror franchise. They have like some humor in them. They have good stories, good characters. Okay. All right. They're like in the 80s, 85, 86 on Rotten Tomatoes. They're really well reviewed. Oh, maybe anyway, I need to watch those. Okay. All right. The thread that runs through them all kind of is there are these real life paranormal investigators named Ed and Lorraine Warren who actually existed and actually investigated things. Like real people? Real people. Real people. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. They're represented in the film by actors. And on the first Conjuring, they were brought in kind of like exorcists or paranormal normal experts to figure out what was happening in the haunted house that was, you know, in a horror movie. So docu-horror? Uh, no, I mean, no, they just a movie. This is a straight movie. They've okay. only taken the characters and used them in these fictional worlds. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you now. Yeah. So in the first one, this creepy doll, Annabelle, made an appearance because the Warrens have her of the many, many things in their, a room in their house where they keep all of these haunted and demon infested artifacts that they bless oh, that every week by a priest. that was the trailer of this thing. Wait, is this a trailer where they have that room full of like horrible, nasty things that will that's the one. destroy the world. And the girl goes down in there and starts messing with them. Right. That's the one. Yep, oh, exactly. Oh, crap. <laughs> that's exactly it. But that's this movie that you just saw, but you're saying that room was brought up in the very first film. It's existed all along. That's okay. right. So you had The right. Conjuring and then Annabelle got her own movie. She got Annabelle then she got Annabelle Origins where she went back to the beginning. And Was the, that like Wolverine Origins or something? Well, kind of. It's how oh, yeah. she went from okay. being a regular doll to being a demon infested doll. So you find out how, the, how it happened. Uh, and then we had La Yorna, which was that most recent film that came out this year. Uh, and then we had, God, I can't even keep track of all this. So many films that they're in this universe. Wow. But this latest one is the lightest of the batch and it all takes place in inside Ed and Lorraine Warren's home. We've seen glimpses of that room where all the creepy stuff is, and it pretty much you see Ed and Lorraine at the beginning and end. They leave their daughter home with a babysitter oh, of course and her do. troublemaking friend yeah. who wants to see the creepy stuff in the house. Oh, of course they do. <laughs> Ugh. 
millennials. <laughs> so I got a couple of questions. Number one, it sounds like this whole thing is the conjuring cinematic universe because all these really shows now have to have a cinematic universe. Yep, yep. So my question is these two characters, they're real life people. So they have common sense. One would think at some point, you know, they mm-hmm. know how to put milk in their fruit loops. I'm guessing they do. How in the hell have they not decided to burn that damn room down? <laughs> Why does it still exist? They actually discussed that. And I think you would dig this if you ever watched any of them, because it's not just typical jump scare horror. It's really great thinking stuff because they even say, why don't we just burn Annabelle? And they said, well, that won't fix it because the doll is not the problem. The problem is the demon and the demon will just leap to something else. So by uh. containing it here in this room, it keeps the demon locked there so it doesn't go out and cause chaos. Hmm. But of course, something always unlocks it. It always causes chaos and that's how you get the next film. Yeah, well, yeah. So some, some punk kid opens the door, goes in, wants to see creepy <laughs> stuff. It's a, it's <sighs> a surprisingly deep story. A spoiler alert of maybe a tiny one. Nobody actually dies in this movie, even though it's a horror movie. Okay, it's fairly okay. light because it's it's a babysitter and kid movie in a big, scary haunted house. And it, there's a deeper story about what actually haunts us and guilt and things about the uh, the girl who's the babysitter's friend who her dad died in a car accident. And she did all this because she wants to see if she can use the magic in the room to see her dad again. There, there's, there's more going on than just what's spooky and how stupid am I? Hmm. Huh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so in, huh. in, the, in the world of The Conjuring, I mean, this is, I would put it probably third in the list. There's Conjuring, Conjuring 2, then all those others. The Nun is another one in the, in the mix. And then finally, probably the third one now is this Annabelle Comes Home. People are saying it's not really a horror movie, uh, which might be true, but it is still a good movie to see. So if you're dodging it because you think it's a horror movie, I think there's more in it for you. You should check it out. Well, now what I'm concerned about is that I've got to go back and watch all the other stuff first so that I have the proper context when I'm watching this. It wouldn't hurt. You could watch this without it because they do frame it well, but you owe it to yourself to at least watch the two main Conjuring films just because they're good films, not just to prepare you for this one. So do I owe it to myself or do I? I owe it to you because I'm guessing the second is probably more likely um, true. I owe it to you to recommend it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't just help. Do it. I'm not getting any royalties by you watching the movie. It's just a recommendation. I think you might do. <laughs> For my bride. I love smoked sausage. Your mother told me that. That's not Eckridge. What? I like Eckridge smoked sausage. Your mother didn't tell me that. Are you ready for a comic book podcast that breaks the mold? Look no further than Drawn and Panel. Drawn and Panel. Drawn and Panel. I'm George. I'm a Gen Xer who rediscovered his childhood passion for comics and decided to turn it into a podcast. I'm Jason. I've been a comics fan my whole life and even worked with companies in the industry, so I've got my finger on the pulse of the comic book world. And I'm John. I don't know Stan Lee from Stan Laurel, but I know what I like. As a true comic book outsider, I ask the dumb questions to keep Jason and George on their toes. Together, Jason, John, and I dive into books from the golden age to the modern age with a particular focus on the indie comics. Get your news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary from all corners of the comic book world here on Drawn and Paneled. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or over on our website at drawnandpaneled.com. You guys aren't going to believe this, but I actually have something to talk about today in Tech Toys. Woo-hoo, I'm starting to get used two. to this. That's right. Wow. I do. Uh, two for two. Nice. It's been a good couple of weeks, let me tell you. But before <laughs> we get into that, um, I just wanted to talk to you about something I saw in the news recently that Slack went public. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And we use Slack. We're yeah, regularly. we use Slack. Yeah. They did a direct public offering. So very yeah, much in different. the same frame as Uber and a couple of the other tech giants Spotify. have done in recent years. Spotify, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Them going public now allows them to be purchased more easily by bigger giant companies, right? Your Microsofts, your Googles, they can just snatch up shares and buy the whole thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know how all that works. But if that does happen, if they get acquired, should we be fearful of that? Well, we probably should mention for anyone, maybe not everyone knows exactly what Slack is. We use it just across the board all the time. It's much more than this. I'll oversimplify it. It's a really nicely organized message board app. Mm -hmm. You can attach messages. You can make boards and groups and invite people in private chat. It's really just a place to collaborate and put together teams, communicate and talk, and you can attach images and stuff like that, right? Yeah. We use it at work quite a bit. You know, for those of us who are Gen X and remember message boards, this is like 
a system that creates a message board just for you and your friends. Right. And mm -hmm. you have total control over almost every aspect of it. You can create the channels. You can create who has what permissions just in their cloud, in their platform. Without having to go and install some software or get exactly. some hosting. It just all happens on their cloud inside of the app. Right. And it exactly. lives out in the tendrils of every device that you have. It's on your PC. It's on your tablet. It's on your phone. It's wherever you want to use it, which has yeah. been really nice and convenient. So here's something that teams use all around the world. And some people pay for it. We use the free version, but the more you pay, the more access and the more archiving it gets and further back in time you can go. And so I, am I worried about it? I mean, I read that too. And, you know, I'm not really because kind of like Google, right? Google makes their money. The more you use the internet, the more money Google makes. And so it's in their interest to make sure that you have access to a much finding what you want and getting it. And so I'm guessing that the business model for Slack is to make sure that the more teams use it and rely on it and like it, the better it is for their bottom dollar. So as a publicly traded company, that's that's even more so going to be in their mission statement is to make sure that the users stick around. I, I'm sure there's going to be changes, but I don't think I'm really worried about it. What about you, Mo? Yeah, I, I guess I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I think Slack, number one, their public offering went pretty big from what I hear. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> it's still going up in there. People that say it's still undervalued that if you buy it now, they still expect it to go up even further, like 36 <laughs> bucks a share right now or something like yeah. that. But of course, these days, even if it's a you know, a hundred billion dollar company, you know, somebody out there can buy it. <laughs> you know, there's just well, bigger yeah. companies yep. than that. Oh, out sure. There. I, I guess I would be a little wary if one of these big giants did buy it because I think part of Slack is also, it's not just the app, it's like the culture. It, it mm -hmm. seems like they have all these different hooks and all these other apps that you can use with it. Mm, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. yeah. Do, do we want to keep it, playing nicely with everybody else or not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah stay neutral. And also, I think they've carved out a big enough niche of their own where I think if they want to stay independent, I think they can. I mean, they've got mm -hmm. To be considered the dominant force in team collaboration right now. Oh, I mean, everybody uses it. I mean, oh, we yeah. use it at work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone has different communicate, like different instant messaging systems in their offices, but we all use Slack when we have to talk to each other. Yeah. Several of yeah. my clients it's where so I work, mm -hmm. they use Slack amongst their tech teams even. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. It's pretty ubiquitous now. So George, we kind of chimed in. You brought this to us. Are you concerned? Do you think it's a big problem? Or are you kind of on the, the well, boat with us? What do you think? I mean, I don't think it's a big problem yet, but I am concerned concerned partially for some of the reasons that Mo brought up about, you know, all of its tendrils that interoperability out to yeah, with other pieces of software, mm -hmm. but just more so these days, it seems like somebody has a great idea for a product. They turn it into a really successful company and they do these initial offerings or somebody ends up buying them out. Like, you know, Instagram gets bought out by Facebook or whatever. And then you see the original creators get pulled away from the product and it just kind of mm -hmm. goes downhill yeah. or stagnates. Mm -hmm. And oh, sure. I really don't want that to happen with Slack because I've looked at alternatives and there are a lot of alternatives <laughs> out there and I've tried yeah. different ones and we've been offered different ones as part of our stuff that we do here for Gen X Grown Up and they just all kind of suck really compared to Slack. Compared to Slack, I mean, they're okay on their own, but they don't have all of the same like collection of tools that and work out. And just the ease of use. Slack is so yeah. intuitive and Drop I just don't want to have to relearn. I'm old now. We're 50 <laughs> in the episode, so I don't want to have to do something new. So that's some interesting tech news. Let's talk about some tech toys. George, what do you got for us this time? I have a toy, not tech toy, just a straight up toy. We don't do enough straight up toys yeah, I'm with you. on the Gen X Grown Up podcast. It's almost always electronic or tech related or broadband this. No, I've got an old fashioned toy. You mean analog? It's analog. Absolutely. <laughs> Where do you put the batteries? <laughs> it was inspired by an electronic game that Mo turned me on to several episodes ago. Mo, you remember talking about that dart game that was on the phone? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm completely obsessed with that damn game. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. My level is like 103, 104 Holy right cow, now. Wow. Yeah, I'm in Dang. like the 13th tower you tier, whatever it is. Uh, my three dart average is over 90 at this point. So, Jeez. yeah, and it's because I used to play a lot of darts back in my 20s. We used to own a pool hall and mm -hmm. we had three or four of those electronic dart boards that you see in pubs and bars, you know, with the holes in them and you throw the plastic darts at them. Right about the time that Mo suggested that phone app, I was mm -hmm. also catching a lot of championship dart games on television, believe it or not, because okay. darts are huge in Europe. Sure. And they have these massive tournaments where they have like 10,000 people fill this giant 
essentially pub and they're sitting at these picnic style <laughs> tables and drinking and wearing crazy outfits and carrying on and That's just a lot two of darts fat guys around. throwing darts. <laughs> I've been talking a lot about it with my kids and my wife and everything. So for Father's Day, they bought me a dart board. Oh, like a good old fashioned, like real metal darts, sharp darts. Yep, exactly. All right. Good, good old ones. fashioned dart board. The only sad thing is I, I don't know where I'm going to put it. Because <laughs> you need some room, you know, you got to have like six to seven feet away from it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to have it up so high and it's got to be in a place where you don't mind if a dart flies off the side or you <laughs> got to say it's got to be somewhere you don't it. care yeah. about the wall too much yeah. <laughs> i just wanted to mention it because i really think i'm going to start focusing less on tech and more on toys because when they gave me that dartboard for father's day i was like this so fuck it was like being a kid at christmas again opening that gift and i was like that's so awesome it's so much better than like some electronic thing that you could have gotten me or some gift card or anything now who's getting old in my know, day, right? we didn't have electronics, and <laughs> I don't need any of that fancy, fancy stuff. Just give me a good old-fashioned metal darts. So you can lose an eye. Yep, there you go. Well, and you know, there's strategy with darts. You know, grouping oh, yeah, your scores sure. and everything. Of course, and yeah. It's not just what you thought of when you were a kid, just trying to hit the bullseye. I'm guessing, however, Mo, that your tech toy this week is an actual tech toy. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, all right, <laughs> what do you got? So this is the Oculus All-in-One VR headset. Okay, I already talked about the oculus like i don't know like three months ago when i got the oculus go is this different one so yeah i think it's the next generation of that oculus go um okay. i think they added a lot of features they increased the processing power on it it has a ton of memory in it now oh and what is it called is it still called oculus go oculus all-in-one vr headset yeah that's definitely okay. got to be different then yep i guess you couldn't call it oculus go 2 that's just too easy to understand yeah, exactly right? <laughs> <laughs> just change the name entirely and oculus go was a new name off of oculus mm-hmm. it was called the oculus go because because it was the cheaper version of the Oculus. Oh, okay. Right. So the nice thing is you don't need like all the whole, you know, you have to have those little tower things. And I mean, really to use the other Oculus, you need like a whole PC pretty much dedicated to it. The original one you did? Yeah, the actual original one. Yeah. This one though, it's just the headset and you have the two hand controllers. Oh, okay. I only got one. Okay. Okay. And it's all, oh, the whole thing is wireless. So basically it works off your phone. You actually buy the apps on your phone and it mm-hmm. uploads it into the Oculus, into the Okay, the so unit. that part's the same then. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. It's the same and, kind of model. All right. So we get the play with it quite a bit at work because were you thinking about using it for like some golfing thing of course you did for the pga tour <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but let me tell you everyone in the office i mean it was just crazy because everyone was in our little lab like playing with this thing the whole day they have a uh, a star wars game that they bought for it and the game itself mm-hmm. was like nine bucks or so ten bucks something okay. like that wow that's a lot for an oculus game it seems yeah but let me tell you it was it was a lot of fun you know, you're standing there, all of a sudden Darth Vader walks in and you're just like staring at him. <laughs> you know, he, of course, threatens you. It seems like you've looked at a lot of VR things through your work. And so this is just yeah. the most recent one. And so you sound more enthusiastic about this one. How does this compare to the others you've looked at before? Well, the fact that it's untethered makes it so much easier to deal with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's not this huge setup thing. Also, it's just as far as ease of use. I mean, it was just like all they do is tell me like what two buttons did. And the rest of it was just very intuitive. Hmm. You know, like when you grab something, you you just kind of squeeze the controller and it grabs things. You oh, know? really? Huh. Yeah. Okay. You have a button and you see like, you know, you'll make a little pointer finger and you can push buttons with it. <laughs> you know, you're flying this spaceship and you have to grab the throttle and throttle forward to go to hyperspace. Any idea what this costs? I mean, because you didn't buy it, right? No, I didn't buy it. I think they're finally getting to the price point where people may actually buy them now because this one now is still not cheap. It's $400. Okay. It's borderline. That's, that's okay. That's double what I paid, but okay. But it's getting into that range where it's like... Like same price as like a console. Yeah. And but the thing is that you could do, it just has like a ton of features. And of course, the big problem is, are people going to write software for it? If people do, then I think it'd be pretty successful. It could probably come down another hundred dollars, but I'm willing to bet mm-hmm. they'll have sales at some point. But let me tell you, this game, you get to fight someone with a lightsaber. And as you're moving the lightsaber around, one, it, the controls were almost flawless as far as moving your hand and moving the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And you got that vibration in your hand, you know, that when you're moving the lightsaber around. Oh, so you did have some force feedback. That's Nice. Yeah, well, it has a vibrating thing on it in it. Oh, so it's a rumble at least. So it's, yeah, it's, so it's, it's coming. Rumble. It's getting better. Okay. Yeah. And being able to fly a spaceship and to look up and see like, you know, Imperial Starsh Cruiser flying above your spaceship, you know, and just watching it fly overhead was pretty intense. Would you pay 400 bucks for it? <sighs> 
<laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. I don't, I would probably want to wait until there's more software. Yeah. So that, that's the problem. I think everybody's doing that, right? Everybody's yeah, waiting. Yeah. And that's the problem. And I think as, if Oculus <laughs> is smart, they'll invest and get, you know, like the early consoles did and pay people to write games. And push some developers <laughs> to come on board. Yeah. My biggest criticism of it is that it's a solo experience. Unless you have an online If you're uh, in a room with 20 people and you're playing this game, you're playing by yourself and everyone else is just laughing at you, you know? So and there's a place for that, but not always. And that's pretty much the right. only experience you get other than online, I guess, but not yeah. in real life. Like I said, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's worth keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. But how about you, John? I know something that you've been waiting for. Yeah, something I think that I infected all of us with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. been almost a year ago, maybe 10 or 11 months. I think we were actually wow, at that long, huh? Dragon Con. And I, in my news feed, I came across oh, yeah. a high-tech right. Rubik's Cube called the Go Cube. Yeah, because right. I was, it was asleep a in my Con. damn hotel room. And I and texted you. Texted you. Me, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, shit, you just made me spend $100. Damn it. Uh, I, I was did. halfway asleep. And then, Mo, I think you found out about it. I texted you and you ended up, we all I backed this thing on Kickstarter. Yep. Yeah. So they are hitting people's mailboxes now. George, you messaged the other day. You got yours. I went out to my mailbox. I got mine. Mo, you found yeah. yours, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So the Go Cube is basically a super high tech Rubik's Cube. As I mentioned, it has tons of technology in it, gyroscopes and location awareness, and it knows where the colors and sides are turned. Uh, and I was really excited to get it, not because I don't enjoy a Rubik's Cube as it is, but I was like, this is an interesting wrinkle. I'd like to see what they do with it. So I got it. I opened it up. In fact, I said, you know what? It's brand new. I'm going to shoot a video for it just to, you know, for the first time, see what it's like. I did a first look. We'll have uh, Mo, will give you the link to put in the show notes down there. Yep. I have to tell you, I was giddy the entire time that I was playing with it. It was more than I expected in terms of fun. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I have to agree with you too, because I've been playing with it pretty much continually whenever I'm sitting here. You know, it's mm-hmm. just something to do with your hands. But the neat thing with the app, one is that the app to your cube, like the way it keeps, knows the reference of your cube all the time, at all times, mm-hmm. that to me blew me away. I was it, like, yeah, it, I was not prepared for it. I thought for, for sure it, it would yeah. not be that I mean, it's, it turns almost as fast as you can turn it, you know, in your yeah. hand. There are two versions of the GoCube, by the way. We all got the GoCube Edge. And I yeah. read the difference is that the regular GoCube updates the location of everything once every quarter second. And the GoCube Edge updates once every one thousandth of a second. Oh, so well, that's that the difference. That. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's yeah. why it's so much okay. better. And the difference was only like 20 bucks. But still, this ends up being a Rubik's Cube that costs 100 bucks. It sounds dumb at the face. But what I have found so so far is that it adds so much dimension. So I love playing with the Rubik's Cube, not because I'm a speed cuber, not because I know how to solve it in five seconds or anything, but I enjoy the, the tactile response of playing with the puzzle. And the app is really what sets it above. The app has so much polish and they give you a million things to do with the yeah. Rubik's Cube. You can play music. What are the, yeah, you have, you can play like a synthesizer, you can play music, you can do Simon, which has been a lot of fun. Right. You can do, uh, what's the like paint your cube thing where you have, you have this grid and you have to make a pattern on your cube and you're creating part of a picture like a puzzle there's just so many things you can do yeah it's a it's and, a solid device and i think like you john what i'm most impressed with the cube itself is a technological achievement right mm-hmm. oh yeah packing all of the technology inside this device and not just packing it in there but the cube still turns smoothly it feels free like i've gotten a couple i've been to some of these technology conferences this past year you, know, you go to the different booths and they have the swag stuff out there and mm-hmm. invariably somebody has a damn rubik's cube with their logo on it but it's the cheapest piece of crap that won't garbage turn. One. yeah right yeah. If you go too fast it kind of explodes i just threw two <laughs> or three of them away in my trash can at work the other day but this thing no it's smooth as butter it's almost as good as a speed cube really i think it really is yeah the app just does so much to entice you to play. It's very addictive, just like that darts app that I was talking about that most suggested. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot to do. I, the only thing I'll say that I was slightly put off by, not, not really put off, but for me, there wasn't a level. You know, when you first started, I was like, are you a beginner? Are you pretty good? Or are you an expert, right? Right. Well, I'm kind of in between the beginner and pretty good. I'm not pretty good, but I'm definitely I not see. a beginner because I've gotcha. learned the algorithms how to solve. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a place for me as far as that. Because I, I said, well, yeah. I'll choose the beginner thing. And it's like, start you with the tutorial here's how you turn the cube all right listen i know how to turn the <laughs> damn cube a, yeah it's a bit bit low level for you yeah right that's the only thing 
it's really good for anyone, despite the fact they try to put you in one of these categories at the beginning. We talk about puzzle cubes a lot on this show because we're all fans of them. And if you're not a big fan of them, maybe you tune out because you're like, I don't know anything about that. This could be good for anyone. If you've never touched a cube, this can teach you, like you said, George, from scratch, how to navigate the cube, how the colors work, you know, what the edges mean. Uh, and I was just impressed with there's a whole like a overworld, an adventure you can play that teaches you step by step how to solve the layers so much in there. And I would yeah. recommend it to somebody that just likes the idea of playing with a cube, even if they've never put their hands on it or solved one. There's one other feature that this thing has that we haven't talked about yet. Okay. This thing in the stand, when it's plugged in and glowing, this is the best conversation starter for puzzle <laughs> cubes on the planet. I'm taking this to a convention color, that we're going yeah, to yeah. in the next couple of days, and I'm going to have this on our table because I know this thing is going to attract as much attention as anything else we'll have out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. The thing that really caught my attention about this, though, and it's something I look for with any product, really, is quality, like mm-hmm. time and thoughtfulness behind it. Yep. And the box was cool to open. I'm with you. Yes. Yeah. The presentation, yeah, the everything presentation, about it. Like you open it up, it was like you're opening up like a curtain thing. You know, it's like, whoa. And then you pull out and <laughs> And then when you first plug it in, like you said, George, like I was expecting the the glowing light, you know, the, the yeah. pulsating light, which I was it like, almost so you expected cool. a sound effect. Like I'm yeah. surprised they didn't have a speaker in there. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, something like that. And then the app itself, too. Like I went through the basic tutorial just because I figured, let me just try it. I think you could use a little bit of polishing, but I'm sure they will because yeah. there's some yep. things that got a little awkward and it kind of lost its place. But, you know, it's, it's solvable. I have no concerns about that. There'll be updates and firmware and everything. Yeah, right. The app is, you can see they have like four or five things that are coming soon. Like, so this is not like a static, this is the whole thing. Like it's going to continue to That's a great point. Yeah, there's room to grow in this app. I think the key to the Gobe Cube having legs is that they continue to uh, push what you can do in the app. I think I counted and about half the things you can do are still locked right now, which means that partially maybe they weren't done. Partially maybe they're holding out to release it over time. But the most important thing I think is they need to continue to support it and add new things or new puzzles or new challenges in there. know they have like a daily challenge things coming. If they continue to do that, I think they're going to have a long-term winner on their hands, even though the price point is like a hundred bucks. And even though the Kickstarter is over, they started a new campaign on Indiegogo. No risk because they're done. It's ready to ship. They're making them now. Now they know how to make them. Yeah. So we'll throw a link in the show notes below. If you have even the remotest interest, I I don't, it sounds like a consensus. It's a, it's a good purchase. I don't regret spending a penny on that. What about you guys? Especially it was, it was a year ago too. So I I just (laughs) regret that you made me do it in the middle of the night in the hotel, you know, felt very dirty and seedy, but I guess uh, we got a good baby out of it nine months later is all I can think. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That took a turn. (laughs) There are six more castle sets you can collect, each sold separately. King's Castle is part of the Legoland Castle Collection and has hundreds of bricks for building from Lego Systems. Have you guys checked out Retro Tone News yet? Oh, get out of here. That's <laughs> yeah. my only news source now. That's it. <laughs> if you haven't listened to this yet, fourth listener, I mean, this is, they got this character, Raj Bigsby, and he sounds like an old radio <laughs> announcer, and he's reading the current news. Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. America. <laughs> and all the ships at sea. to sea. He takes the current news, and he rolls it up in this character and this kind of lightheartedness. He pokes fun at it, but it's informative, too. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's that old newsreel, like when your mm-hmm. grandparents we go to the movie theater for a nickel. It yep. is so awesome. And he's in character the, the entire whole time. time. Beginning but to end. Yeah. It's only like a five or seven minute episode. It actually makes listening to some of the news easier. <laughs> so, right. It certainly does. <laughs> because some of it is just so damn depressing that it's like, I'm like, okay, I can deal with it if he says it. It's way too short for my taste. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I want to beg him. If he's listening right now, please do an episode every day. Right. I don't want to wait a whole week to get an Keep episode. Keep it coming. What would that do to his throat to be able to do the Raj Bigsby voice 24 <laughs> hours a day around the clock. You might have to have surgery. I don't know, but whatever it takes, I'm willing to fund it. If you want a taste of current news through a radiola style old newsreel announcer, you couldn't find a cooler, short burst fun podcast in the Retro Tone News. And you can check it out. Head over to evergreenpodcasts.com. Subscribe for sure. You'll be glad you added it to your list. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. Crickets. That was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Yay.
George, what are you playing? I am playing absolutely nothing. I've got this damn Go Cube. I've got my dart board. Those are the things I'm playing right now. You're yeah, set. he's going analog, remember? <laughs> That's right. right. Yep. So we'll start with Mo. Mo, what about you? Are you playing anything oh, fun? Yeah, I just picked up a new game. It's on sale because uh, Steam has that awful, awful summer sale going on. Do they really? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Why did you Those tell me bastards. that? <laughs> Sorry. How could you cut I, me discounts? I hate that because I buy four or five games I never play. It's really dangerous. It's really, really bad. But yeah. And so they had one that I had my eye on for a while, but I was waiting for it to come down in price. It was called Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden. That's the name of the game. Okay. Set post-apocalyptic as where all good games are right as all good games but this one though you're a, a mutant you're kind of discovering this story but you're an animal that they made like into a person so you're a duck or uh i mean literally what? a duck or a pig <laughs> or or kermit yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or pig or kermit um the other guy is like a part bull like you're part man part duck and part you know it's, it's kind of crazy it's man bear pig <laughs> yeah <laughs> and as you and you explore this whole world and there's this whole like little like society in there but the thing that got me most was the combat because it's it's kind of like squad based combat or if you play any of those like dungeon dragons games you control multiple people kind of thing like turn-based or yes, it's turn-based okay got it it's cool because you say okay you know you could they don't see you you can position people around them and then ambush them it, they added a lot of like really like, like good like i think they purposely made some parts for you that you have to be sneaky like you just can't go there and start shooting because they'll all gang up on you but if you're patient and wait you can see somebody oh this guy's going off by himself and then you hit him in the head with a crossbow <laughs> i hear some action i hear some squad based yeah i hear some strategy but but not being able to see it are there any games that we would know that this is is like the combat that reminds me a lot of XCOM 2, which I've talked about. Which you reviewed on the channel, sure, yep. right? Which I and I love that game, which is what turned me on to this one. Mm-hmm. And the world itself is it's so well constructed. And I mean, you look around, there's all these like and it's funny because you're finding you're discovering things and you see this like schoolyard, and you know those little like plastic slides for like toddlers. Oh, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Little tykes. They see one of those and guys like, how small were people living there? <laughs> you know? You've drawn the wrong conclusion. Conclusion, sir. <laughs> exactly. Or that you find like an iPod and they're like, this device was obviously used to check for the ripeness of fruit because <laughs> it had a fruit emblem on it. <laughs> well, how far past the apocalypse is this? They have no recollection well, of our technology. Oh, you don't know yet. You're finding you out. Know, that's what you're kind of discovering. Okay. And so it's it was an awesome game, has a really awesome storyline. Not to mention it. the fact that you started life as a duck. So I don't know how much history <laughs> you might remember that's, about that's an, an iPod. That's an excellent point that I'd already forgotten. <laughs> well, that's one of the things too, because you see like, you know, there's broken down cars and bodies everywhere and all that kind of stuff and they start remarking to each other that you know we've never seen a skeleton like us you know all the skeletons we've seen are human oh right well humans all right okay I would not be interested in the game description you gave me because it's not exactly my cup of tea but the the story element is what typically grabs me and that sounds a lot Mm -hmm. more interesting so I'm going to ask you the common questions it's actually on sale so it's two questions right so what did it cost and how cheap did you get it Uh, normally I mean it's like one of those $39.99 games normally all right so mid-range yeah 40 buck game on sale 50% off so it's 20 bucks all right so fair not quite an inch to buy but interesting not quite, yeah exactly like if i didn't have my eye on this one i probably wouldn't have picked it up but i've been mm-hmm. it's been on my wish list for a while and what do you think you might get out of it in terms of you know the the cory system where we say you know our friend cory who says you're looking to buy something he can get an hour per dollar out of where do you think mm-hmm. it ranks in there oh I, i'm definitely going to get over 20 hours on this for him really done. yeah wow and the thing is you level up your characters and it's this basically you mutate your characters to give them abilities they have this really cool graphic where like your eyes glow and then you look like you're in pain and you know then you also have this power it's pretty cool i okay. mean i'm in the all first right. couple chapters and i've been playing for probably three four hours already so oh, the first chapter all right yeah yeah so i think i have some time here all right mutant year zero road to eden a very That's long it. named game with lots of games <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> so how about you john says george isn't playing anything or you know so this is something in gaming news now i've been playing a lot of stuff but rather than talk about a single game i want to talk about a problem that we all have that maybe Uh-oh. is about to get solved you mean, being okay. you buying stuff and us having to buy it after you yeah how is that problem getting solved the solution is free <laughs> the solution will be free <laughs> oh, all right okay. you're ready all right so here's the problem we all so the steam sales going on as you mentioned mo and uh you buy stuff in steam because you love to have it in steam and sometimes you can find something on is there any deal and for me the deal breaker is if i look and it's a you play key or an epic mm, store key. Right. Oh, yeah i know yeah. and i'm like pain, i yes. can't keep track of i don't even want it there because i forget i own it i'll end up buying it twice because i forgot i owned it over there not to mention some of those other systems don't play as well right, right yeah i have literally 
literally bought games again in Steam because of the pain in the ass it was to play it in the other place I bought it. Sure. It's cost me money to get the convenience of Steam. <laughs> well, here's the thing that popped in my newsfeed, and I was blown away by the potential that they say is actually going to pay off here. So you, you heard of GOG, Good Old Games, that site that sells games maybe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they have a front end for their DRM-free games called Galaxy. Yeah. Okay. They're about to roll out. In fact, in beta right now is Galaxy 2.0. In Galaxy 2.0, you can completely aggregate games from GOG, Steam, Epic, Uplay, Battle.net, PlayStation Network, Xbox Network. What? What? All in one interface. No way. Yes. And your your friends are merged. Your achievements are oh, merged. The experience is unified. No. All of that is happening. And How yes, do they get access to the back-end databases? There's no way that Microsoft and Sony are giving them access. They're a small little company. They did. They coordinated with both companies, and they got open-ended API access to those environments. They didn't wow. get Nintendo yet, so the Switch isn't in it yet. But if this catches on, it could become the de facto that people have to accept. Wow, Man. Steam missed the boat on this one. Yeah, Steam could have done this, right? Yeah, Steam was so busy with their blinders ago. on saying, we are the boss. GOG came along and went, you know what? You are the boss. What if we eat the boss and all their competitors and we become the interface? And wow. I, I'm in the beta program waiting list. I don't have it yet, but I've read reviews and articles from people who are in it. And they're saying that so far, aside from a few hiccups, it just freaking works. Nice. I love things that just work. That's going to be <laughs> impressive. I mean, it could change my launcher. Now, it doesn't mean you can necessarily play an Xbox game on your PC, but you can see what games you own, what games you've played, what your friends are playing and you would have to go there but for all the pc games those are unified in one place and all mm. of your achievements and your friends and activity and all that think of one unified place for all of the things that you play and all the ways you had to buy them was visible at the same time mind-blowing that's that is pretty huge well i think the only one that falls out of the list of being able to play on your pc is probably psn because microsoft games coordinate back and forth between that's the a good xbox point. and yeah, your pc many so. microsoft games you can just play on pc anyway so right yeah and yeah. their new console is supposed to be backwards compatible all the way back to the original Xbox that they're coming out with. So, I mean, maybe that's part of what they'll be able to tap into once this thing gets going. This might be the kind of thing that get George to put down the dartboard and go back to digital. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I don't know about that. But one thing I'd say is like, I mean, I actually bought a game off GOG. So I have the Galaxy. I don't have the beta, but I have the Galaxy interface. Right. And the thing that's always annoyed me about Steam is that their interface is so dated. Yeah. yeah. It was the hotness when it was new, but. Yeah. It's not yeah. easy to navigate their store. It's not easy to find oh, like, yeah. a particular thing. I don't even that damn trading card. Get no, five not anymore. cents yeah. for this crap or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And looking at the Galaxy one, it's it's super clean. It's, it's easy brand to new see. and slick. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's a hmm. shiny new thing. And so like I said Steam better get on the ball here. Mo, I will give you a link to put down in the show notes to go and sure. ask to be in the beta. I don't know when it's going to come out of beta, uh, but Galaxy 2.0 from GOG may well be the one ring to rule them all of your video game libraries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Volcano, do your stuff. Fire! Mask. Wow. Where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Mask, Volcano, and Outlaw, each sold separately. New from Kenner. Before we wind up the show, you know, we always like to take just a moment here to uh, talk about the things we're looking forward to between this episode and the next time we get together to talk. We already mentioned that this episode drops on the 4th of July, but our celebration of independence is not the only thing there is to celebrate today on the 4th of July. Mo, what do you got you're looking forward to? Well, let me tell you, I was actually surprised that I was able to beat you guys and get this on the list. <laughs> You're right. You're damn right. You were lucky. I was lucky. Fourth of July. I know. I mean, yeah, I'm supposed to do something with my relatives, but yeah, cook out, blah, 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 fireworks. Blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to be carving out some time because Stranger Things season three drops. Wow. I'm, I'm I want ready. to point out that you didn't beat me to the list. I chose this time to oh. pick something else. Oh, the oh. benevolence of George. I did. Oh, I, didn't be, hero. <laughs> I didn't want to be the jerk that other people have been to me in this looking forward to section. Oh, I wanted goodness. to be above all that riffraff. So and you lost you're that. welcome. What a backhanded <laughs> benevolence that you had. Yeah. I'm better than you assholes. Thanks, pal. <laughs> yeah, Stranger Things season three, Mo. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Let me tell you, and the trailer, I mean, it, it just, it looks like it's going to be as awesome as the rest of them. Oh, they've had some awesome trailers on this season three. There's been a lot of cool stuff about it. Yeah. There's so much looking forward. I mean, I stopped watching trailers because I, I was, you're showing me too much. I saw the first couple, a new one just dropped. I think I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop because it's <laughs> right around the corner and I want to have as much surprise as I can. I'm really excited to see what happens. I just uh, want to know if 11 is going to have to fight Godzilla again. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Hopefully it's just Godzilla fights though. We don't want any of the interpersonal <laughs> yeah, stuff from Godzilla. Thing. So George, how about you, man? What you got? Well, because I was trying to be nice, I knew yeah. one of you guys would want to pick Stranger Things. Uh-huh. I actually went with another dark comedy. So this is kind of in the same vein as the Rain Wilson film Super. If you remember that movie, him mm-hmm. and Ellen Page, right? That was a weird Where, movie, but cool. That was very, very weird. So there's a new movie that's coming out starring Jesse Eisenberg on yep. July the 12th. Yeah, he was the guy who was in uh, Zombieland. Yeah, you know, he was also in The Social Network. You know, mm-hmm. he played uh, Doofus Boy. Doofus Boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry, Mr. Is. Zuckerberg. Our apologies. <laughs> I'm not Don't sorry. erase us on Facebook, Zuckerberg. please. <laughs> Doofus now, this boy. film is called The Art of Self-Defense. It looks like it's going to be superhero-y based, maybe. There's some martial arts kind of stuff, like he's wearing a gi in the trailer. Hmm. And this was one of the trailers that I saw as part of my A-list roulette. So it definitely is going into the A-list roulette wheel, and I'll be watching this on July the 12th. Wow, that was not even on my radar, but okay. Huh, it, it's, it's at the theaters. It's not like a Netflix thing or something. You said no, A-list. Not like so. a, no, this be in theaters, yeah. How is this not showing up in a trailer at a movie that I've seen so far? Well, huh. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think where was the, I think the first one that I saw it in was Ma. All right, Art of Self-Defense, okay. July 12th. What about you, John? Well, in addition to Stranger Things that uh, George was so magnanimous in allowing Mo to talk about, I you're, also look forward welcome. to that. <laughs> Thank you again. Please uh, <laughs> allow us to speak about shows. <laughs> I am super looking forward to the Southern Fried Gaming Expo in Atlanta, Ooh, July 12th yes. to the 14th. Oh, yeah. I've been looking forward to it since the last one ended. Uh, we're going to be there in Atlanta. I took several days off. going to be there all weekend long. We're going to see some old friends. We're going to see meet some new friends. We got some interviews lined up, some panels lined up, and playing a ton of free play arcade games. I don't know what better kind of long weekend you could ask for in Atlanta. Yeah, if you ever wanted free free Generation X toys and paraphernalia and everything, just stop by our table because we won't be at the table. We'll be playing video games and you can just walk <laughs> off with any damn thing you want. Just, pretty just much. swing by. There's tons of crap at the table and no There'll one's going to be watching. <laughs> and Rubik's Cubes everywhere for everybody. Uh, if you are anywhere near the Atlanta area and you're listening to this show, odds are you would dig the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. You should make time, even if it's just one day, come by, but block out the whole weekend if you can. They are a top-notch organization. That show is getting better and better. I think this is year five, if I remember correctly. Uh, five, yeah. six, something like that. All I know is it's the only video game convention I've ever been to that has professional wrestling at the damn show. That is a whole <laughs> Southern thing right there, folks. Let me tell you. Backyard wrestling. Bring your big mugs and your bottle cap stuff. Uh, trust me, this is going to be a blast. It's going to be great. And guys, we're all going to be there. I will see you there. We'll convene in Atlanta on the 12th, and I think it's going to be a hell of a weekend. From the four corners of the world, it's the Smurfs like you've never seen them before in an all-new Smurf movie. Smurf-a-ready! Smurf Quest, coming Saturday morning. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy, plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to button up episode 50 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. Ooh. Oh, man, it has been a great run and we ain't done yet. We got another 50 or 500 to go in the future. Before <laughs> we end this episode, I wow. absolutely want to take a moment to thank these amazing people that support us over on Patreon. And I'm talking to you, Will and Dana, Stubaka, Corey, Stian, Thomas, T2, Marcus, Slomo, Agile, and new since we last spoke. Welcome Levi and Chad to our list of Ooh. patrons. 
Burns. <laughs> right? Hell yeah. Absolutely. More Gil Cubes for everybody. <laughs> if you are interested in supporting the show, helping us out with the cost of running this podcast, the YouTube channel, the website, and just general morale, we would love to have you join this amazing roster of humans. Head over to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. And there's a lot more in it for you than just support. That's right. I mean, you get all this extra bonus content. You thought the 45 to 50 minute podcast that you just listened to was everything we said? No. This was a 17 and a half day recording. We had water bottles and our families would come in and hose us down with towels because we couldn't take showers. So there is crazy amounts of bonus content. That's not a shared experience. Okay, so Mo didn't take a shower during the entire time. Oh, goodness. That's Mo. That's okay. And that's just at the $3 level. If you want to buck up and join that $10 Mm -hmm. level, John, they don't get a GoCube, but they do get a Gen X Puzzle Cube. That's right. A custom Puzzle Cube. It's got our logo on it. We ship those out with a little care package. We'd love to be able to do that. We'd love to add you to the list. So head over and check us out. We'd love to have you along for the ride. We will be back in two weeks with a regular edition of our show. But next week is the Backtrack Edition, where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep on that. Mo, tell the fine fourth listeners what they can look forward to next week. Oh, the largest ball of twine in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Chevy Chase. That's right. That's the whole podcast? And other roadside (laughs) attractions. Ah, yes. Those things you saw alongside the road that you begged your parents to pull over and check out. Can we pull over? We're going to run those down and reminisce fondly and make fun of George because his parents would never stop and let him go see any of these things, right? Dad was not interested in roadside. He was all about the destination. I got to get there. Got to make good time. (laughs) Six hour drive. We're there in three and a half. Let's get going. (laughs) You won't want to miss that one. Hope you'll join us for that. Until then, I am John. George, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you. Oh, always fun. Fourth listener, we appreciate you most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. Called the fourth listener. And that was because we have you, me, Mo, all three of yeah. us. I said that wrong. And that's because we have, you know, me, John, and George, and Mo. We knew three people would listen at least. Hold on. If anyone yeah, that happened that to listen, John, what did I say? Still, what? You said me, John, and George. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoever it is, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll start that again. I mean, so you have one, George. What do you think about that? Well, I'll tell you what I think. So that was stupid. You just asked me. <laughs> tell us what you think, George. I'll tell you what I think. I'll tell um, you what I think. So let me start over. Five, four, three. It sure will be, John. Oh, it sure will be, John. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a hell yeah or something? Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm using it. Great. Okay. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. 